For great ideas and practical tools you can start using tomorrow to grow your business and separate you from the competition, you've come to the right place. If you're into B2B marketing and sales, then welcome to the one and only B2B marketing and sales podcast with over 60 and counting total years in the trenches of businesses, small and large. They have a plethora of knowledge and experience that generate you more leads, capture more clients, ring up more sales. Well, doggone it. Just make you more money. How about that? Always thought-provoking, yet dubiously entertaining. Please welcome to their respective microphones across three time zones, your co-ringmasters, the Dave Loomis, and not the rock star, Steve Miller. Think you know what you're talking about? I think. <laughs> I'll wing it. If well, I we'll be, you know, I'll be the judge of that, and thank you, everybody. Hey, everybody, it's Steve Miller, better known as Kelly Dad, marketing gunslinger. You know, I already started recording, and... That's just the way it is, okay? And, uh, you know, Mary Rose is, is here with me. I will introduce her in just a second, but uh, obviously uh, this is the B2B Marketing and Sales Podcast, uh, normally with me and my uh, crazy compatriot. He's just a wild man, okay? Uh, David May- Mayo Nays Loomis. David Mayo Loomis, okay? And I always love showing his book, okay? He never shows my book. Okay, uh, you know, for those of you that are on, watching on video, if you're listening, then pay no attention to this. Sorry, but on video, you can see I'm holding up his book. Marketing is everything we do. I love this book. If you if you don't have it, and you're in marketing, uh, you should get it. Okay, today. All right. Why why am I frozen? Am I frozen to you? You do look frozen to me. <laughs> What's going on? What the heck is going on here? Let me let me turn off the video. I mean, because that's no good. All right, so all right, so now I'm back. All right, and and like I said, I don't do editing, so this is where we are, guys. Okay, this is this is how far advanced I am in the uh, technical world. All right, but uh, uh, and I and I know there are some of you are saying you should have stayed frozen, Steve. So anyway, uh, with that, I want to introduce our David Mayo Loomis. I don't know where he is. David, if you can hear me, call your mom. Uh, and, uh, um, and I am here today with, uh, somebody I've actually known for many years, and there's a little bit of a story that I'm going to talk about here in just a second, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what she has. And this, this is Mary Rose McGuire, but she goes by Mary Rose Wildfire McGuire. <laughs> um, welcome, Mary Rose. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate being here, Steve. Now, we don't normally have somebody who has such a frilly background as you do. Um, most of the people that come on here, they either got nothing. You know, we have, we've had people come on, they just have pure white backgrounds. Most, most have like their office or something like that. This is the first time we've had something that I would say is very then. <laughs> and uh, I actually think it's, I think it's nice. It's a nice contrast to uh, the, the atmosphere that is normally taking place in these things so so can can i is there a reason why you picked that background yeah well uh first i really do like uh anything almost anything japanese japanese so so uh i'm really big into cherry blossoms i saw this actually on amazon 
the whole point of it was because I had a very messy background and I thought I have to cover this up. And so I got a, a screen divider. That's yeah. what and you're and, and it's not it's not a, a virtual. The, no, um, it's not virtual. I'm gonna tell all of you out there, I hate those. Okay. Uh I mean there's a reason to use green screen and there's a reason, you know, but you know, when you're doing this type of stuff, it, have a background. All right. So, and of course, this has nothing to do with the topic that we're going to be talking about today. But uh, Mary Rose, how many years ago would you say we first connected? Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I want to say it was maybe around 2017 or so. Oh, I thought it was longer than that. Or maybe 2016. All right. Well, okay. okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to remind you of something. Okay. And it might actually, uh, spur a, a, a date in your mind okay? okay i remember when you asked me what i thought of wildfire oh okay you were okay. thinking about having some type of uh, uh personal brand yes and you asked you asked my opinion yes. you remember how long ago that was oh golly you first did that yeah, that's a while, right? Yeah, I think at this point now, I think it's more like around 2015. Yeah, at least. Like I'm yeah. thinking it was 10 years ago, but but yeah. anyway. So uh 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 um so you know, so I always think it's fun when I, I even if I have just a little tiny bit of a uh old old connection with people, that makes it makes a big difference. Okay. Now let me uh introduce you to uh Mary Ro let me introduce you to Wildfire. <laughs> Wildfire, All right? Okay. Uh Wildfire is the founder of Star Maker Marketing, uh, which was formerly uh, McGuire Copywriting, and creator of the book writing program Book It. Star Maker Marketing offers business owners and thought leaders the opportunity to share their expertise with ghostwriting services, book writing, coaching, and book promotion marketing strategies through multiple channels. I'm old, so every time I hear the word channel, I just think of the, the channel on the TV. But uh, that's not what, the, what these are all about. Her specialty is helping financial advisors write and publish lead generation books. So, again, thank you very much for joining us today because we're going to talk about book publishing. Um, you know, our, our uh, listeners uh, on the podcast and viewers that, that, that watch the videos uh, are primarily B2B people. Uh, marketers, uh, um, owners of small businesses in the B2B world. And I have actually, um, I've actually said to many of these people, write a book. Write a book. Okay. Uh, and so let's, let's, let's just start with that statement right there. You, cause you're nodding your head. Yes. Yes. It is one of the most important marketing assets that anyone could have. Uh, there's lots of good marketing assets. You've got blog posts, a website, there's there's even ebooks. But I talked with um I'm in the midst of of conversation with someone who we may work together. Um, but he admitted he had written a book, but it was only in in a digital form. So it was a PDF. And then he actually self-published a book. And he said, you know, people liked what I did before with the PDF. But he said, as soon as I had a printed book, I was treated differently. It was a different response. So, um, and I just came back from a wonderful marketing conference in Cleveland. 
Dan Kennedy's uh, world. <laughs> oh, you, oh, oh yeah. his world was it a did was it no? A, it was not a Dan, Dan Kennedy event. Okay, it you was, just know he's you know he, he he's from he lives yeah right. and and uh, right sort of sort of lives there yeah right right this was um this was a conference uh, that was organized by a guy named Joe Polizzi and Joe Polizzi is the founder of Content Marketing Institute. He mm -hmm. ended up it became so successful he sold it. Then acted like he was retired, but he's much too young to be retired. So, right, so, right. so now his focus is helping uh, smaller businesses and entrepreneurs, the creators. And the name of the conference was Creator Economy Expo. Mm. So the Creator Economy Expo. And in this conference and in his research, he said like one of the top things that you can do is write a book as far as like your marketing efforts go. Mm -hmm. So um, writing a book is just, it puts you on a completely different level and you're in a, in a different, you're, you're no longer kind of playing second string. You're, you're out there in the field. You're the star. <laughs> because, well, especially yeah. when you say like, you're talking about a real, a real physical book now. Right. Publishing a real physical book. You so. have. You know, I have my copy uh, here, everybody, of yeah, Steve's you know, book, you know, a copy book. that up, okay? We're both going to, all right. That's no, right. See, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> All right. And, uh, um, uh, you know, unequivocally, I would agree with your statement, you know, that uh, that being a published author uh, gives you a a different um, um, level in people's minds. Yes. Uh, uh, and uh, um, what do you. What do you think that is? Why? Why is that that if if somebody writes a book um that that happens why do you think that i think it's because we've been trained already to to look at at an author as an expert and that training started when we were little kids you know in school textbooks you know textbooks had an author on it and we knew that that book we're being taught something important that we needed to know the teacher thought it was important enough school thought it was important enough you know to to make this mandatory reading so that training is already in there that when you hold a book and it is the physical act of holding a book i know my husband's really into kindle and i like my kindle books but i still love my print books when you hold that book you realize this is somebody who is knowledgeable about something. This is someone who took the time to actually put that knowledge into book form that could help me, you know? So I love learning. And um, so I'm all about books, but that I think is why it's why it makes a difference is because people realize as soon as they see a name on a book, they realize you must have, the other thing is you must have had enough confidence in what it is you know in order to write that book. Yeah, so that makes yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's sort of been embedded in us. Yes. To to think to think this way, and so now that has created a. And I can't think of which one it is, but you know, in heuristics, you know, there are different type types of bias uh, that people have, and I I don't think this is the confirmation bias, but um, but it's some type of bias that has been Im embedded in us. That yes, if you have if you are an author, you have there is a credibility to you. Right. That is that is um, high, right? It Absolutely, is, is high. Now I'm, you know, we're talking to B two B people, and I can I can imagine somebody. I mean, I was on the phone this morning with the owner of a, a, a 
pretty good sized B2B company in, in uh, Pittsburgh. And, and I have, I keep telling him, I said, you know, you know, I really, I think you should write a book, write a book. And uh, he's like, well, what, well, for, he said, well, first of all, um, uh, why should, why would I write a book? And I said, I said, well, because if you have a book to hand out to people, uh, again, your credibility level goes up with them. And, um, uh, and, and, you know, and, and then he said, he said, well, what I, what would I write about? And, and, and what would you say to him? All right. So he's, you know, he's in the, he, he, his company builds work truck, utility trucks and fleets, you know, for, you know, like you see a plumber's truck driving down the road and it's, that's, it's that type of truck that, uh, you know, or, or a UPS truck or something like that. These are utility trucks and his company, very successful. And they build, they build these. Now he's the owner been the owner for four uh, the, the company's been around for 41 years now what would you say to him would be the reason why he should write this okay first who does he sell his trucks to is it like larger corporations or individuals uh corporations okay corporations yeah. okay yeah. i i would say well first off my goodness with all those years of experience of course he should write a book because he has seen so much and what I would say to him is, okay, first, take a piece of paper and just jot down some of the biggest challenges corporations have when it comes to buying a fleet of trucks. What are, what are the pain points? What is it that they struggle with? Now, then, what is it you do differently? How do you address those pain points? How do you come across as, hey, I'm the one for you because I'm not like the other guys? Mm -hmm. And I bet he could come up with all sorts of reasons why people, you know, are challenged with this and whatever the friction is in the buying process, um, servicing, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, like if he has any kind of guarantees or if, you know, what about the after sale experience? Like, what does he do different? Is he there? And and all, you know, that that's what I would say. I would mm -hmm. say you know, write all these things down. Now, boom, you've got chapters. Mm -hmm. And it's it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, you know, the, a book chapters, I mean, you could have between five to 10 chapters. Uh, you could have a mini book. You don't have to write. That's the other thing. A lot of times people think, oh gosh, writing a book, it's way overwhelming. You know, they're thinking war and peace, you know, <laughs> like that you have to have like this super thick book. It's like, no, 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 no. You only have to have a few chapters. I worked with one financial advisor, for instance, and this was awesome. This was his idea, not mine. Mm -hmm. He wanted to take his PDFs and convert them into books. And so what I did is I edited the content. We refreshed the content. So everything was up to date and used up to date stats and examples and all of that. But his books, the shortest word count for the, I mean, for one was 6,800 words, which is hardly anything, but we were able to uh, put that into a five by eight format mm -hmm. and, you know, expand the font size a little bit, enlarge it a little. So yeah. it was 14 point font. We kind of gave it a little bit more margin, but it worked out well. And he's got like this physical little book that he can give to people. So each one of his books, and we did four of them, by the way, at the same time, mm -hmm. but each one of those books tackled a different aspect of a person's personal finance. 
Yeah, it's um, interesting you say that because uh, um, uh, in many books, 6,800 words would be a chapter. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with with it being a a small book. We have a there's a uh, Kay has has a contact here in Seattle, uh, an attorney, really successful attorney, who um, he has like 40 books. Wow. You know, for all different possible. Uh, you know, like like he had, like I saw one recently that he was promoting that you know it's for pe for pedestrians who got hit as they were walking across the street, okay, and and it's a book just for that situation, right? And um, and this guy's really successful, and he just gives these books away. He doesn't sell them; he gives them away. And yeah. he's been doing this for years, and and it's and growing his practice uh, uh tre tremendously. Uh, so. Uh, and and I mean that's also part of what we can get we can be talking about is are these books that you you're going to make money off of selling the books or what so and, let, and let's hold that conversation for a minute um, um, but like like you know what else I also told this guy like what you, you know what you just talked about um, you know that's that is a book that you 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 talked about for for my guy but what I also told him was that he had forty years of knowledge right and experience and he could say. He could say, you know, be something like what I've learned in 40 years of, you know, and he could talk about you know, when it, when it first started or when he first started the company and what the hurdles, the hurdles and challenges that he went through and stuff like that. And then, and then the changing times of, uh, uh, you know, to say like, okay, you know, there was at some, some point where, um, you know, computers showed up, right? right? Well, how did that, that, that affect everything? Then the internet showed up, right? And, and, and of course now AI, uh, is uh, changing everything all over again. Uh, so you know he's had all this experience, and that could be something that could be put in, in into a book form as well. Now, so so um, what I'm hearing you essentially talk about is uh, is self publishing. Yes, yes, I'm all for self publishing. I love self publishing. <laughs> well, um, you know, I mean, I'm yeah. working on my ninth book right now, and. Um, of of the nine books, uh, five of them were self published, uh, and um, uh, the other four have been with a, a traditional uh, publisher. Uh, and and I have reasons for why I would use I would pick one e either self publish or or use use a publisher. Uh, um, but um, like uh, but I but but we made more money off our self published books. Of just the sales of the self-published books, than we did any of the other books. Okay, in fact, we probably you know like one of our self-published books made us more money than the royalties we've made off of the other four books. So, uh, um, the, you know, because when you self-publish, you know, you own it. You own you own it all. You own all the profit and everything. But if you go with a a publisher, um, you know, traditionally you're going to get ten percent. Right. Know, right. Uh, of 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 the sales, uh, you know, unless you're a really really popular author or a really really good negotiator, uh, and you know, but you're still not going to move that needle very much. Right. Um, so, um, like I will say that my my first book that I wrote, which was How to Get the Most Out of Trade Shows, and it came out back in 1990, uh, it went on to be the the number one selling trade show book of all time, uh, and it did really really well. But my royalties, you know, I, I've often said, yeah, I paid for a couple of vacations. Um, 
you know, o- over the years. But, you know, we treated it as a marketing tool. Right. And so Kay and I, and I, I've always had this attitude about, about all of our books, published or self-published, is that I'm happy to, uh, I just give it away. Just give it away. And I give them to everybody. I give them to uh, people I've uh, never met and, and that type of stuff. And that book, I would say put uh, without question, the results of that book was uh, in, in, for us was seven figures. I mean, actually, probably eight figures. Uh, um, I amazing. mean, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. So, um, Congratulations, by the way. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Um, I'm a good marketer, uh, and <laughs> sure. and because uh, um, like 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 you know like you say to people you should you should publish, uh, and 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 then go out and get these in everybody's everybody's hands. Um, if you're if self publishing is the way that you're going to go, you, you still have to ask yourself the question. Okay, because I think too many people, and, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. I think too many people. When they think of writing a book and and even and, and self publishing, they're thinking, "Okay, I'm going to sell a lot of books, and I'm going to make money off of that." What would you say to them? <laughs> well, I you know I my focus is lead generation books, so I would say, although yes, this is a noble uh, goal to sell books, and yes, you want to sell books. The real reason you want to write the book is because it establishes you as an authority. That's the real reason. And that is going to open up doors for you, not only with prospects, but it's going to open up doors for you for speaking engagements, for interviews with the media, because all of them are looking for experts. So when you have a book, it's almost, you know, it it's kind of tough to get those opportunities, like for speaking at a conference that's going to put you in front of a room full of prospects, for instance. I mean, if that trucking guy would, you know, I'm sure they have some kind of industry conference, you know, for these sort of things. And I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, if he had a book, all of a sudden the doors would open. It's like, oh my gosh, we got to get this guy. He's got 40 years experience. He's an author and he's going to tell us what, what we need, you know, tell us what's going on and what it used to be and what's improved and what hasn't and what we need to look for. And you see, I mean, it's like that. He would be an. He would be known as. He would be what is known as an industry expert. Exactly. Uh, and uh, and and would have that very specific knowledge and experience behind him, that is that is packaged in in the, this credibility authority building thing called a book. Right. 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 Okay. Well, and and um, yeah, everything you just said, one hundred percent, one one hundred percent, and and from the for the people. Uh, now, now, how do you? All right, let's let's talk about lead generation. That's the that's the term. That's the phrase for for what we're talking about here. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, and um, how? So somebody writes a book. All right. Uh, how do they use it for lead generation? Well, uh, the way that I I do beyond it beyond what you already said, you know. Right. You know, right. I mean, but how do these people get the? I mean, they they have to get it in their hands, right? Right, right, right. Um, there's, well, lead generation, okay, the, there's kind of a couple of ways to go with this question. One is to already have something set up inside your book that is going to be a, considered what is called a funnel. 
So, and you have one in your book and I have one in my book. It's like for more information, for mm-hmm. more goodies, for bonus material, whatever, go here. And then you go to a website and it will have an opt-in form that's going to require a person to give you their name and contact information. So it could be address, but it could be email address usually. Boom, you start to build your your list email, uh, email list, I'm sorry. So that's one way with the lead generation. The other is when you have a book, you can use it in what you know and I know is a shock and awe box. So it depends on, of course, what kind of profession that you're in. But if you have a real high value prospect that you're going after, you want to put together a really nice box that's almost like a gift box, has some maybe some, you know, yummies in there, you know, a little candy or, you know, coffee or whatever and and bookmarks and whatever kind of promotional you know, items you want to put in there, and then you put your book. And that is a great way to generate some leads because all of a sudden this person receives this wonderful box and then they see inside, they're like, whoa, their book, they gave me a book. By the way, another thing to remember is people very rarely throw away a book. They'll throw away a business card like in a New York second, but they will not throw away a book. They'll put that book on a shelf and you know what? It, they'll continue to, you know, it'll catch their eye, depending on if you use a gray color like orange, you know, and they'll think of you. I mean, when they when they see that, oh yeah, that's Steve Miller. I need to I need to contact him, set up a consultation, you know. I'll tell you a story about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh well, and plus one thing I'm going to remind is you, you say that they never throw away a book. I'm gonna not necessarily agree with that 100%, but I can I can fix it. Okay. <laughs> Is that it's a signed book. Ah. And it's yes. and it's to and and it, on the inside it says Mary Rose. You know, you know, uh love what you do. You're you're amazing at what you do uh and I would love for you to uh uh you know, the, I hope I hope you enjoy this gift of my of my book and then I sign it. That will never be thrown away. That's a good in fact. A very good clarifier. Yes. In I fact, like in fact um, <laughs> they will often just pull it off the shelf to show people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here I'm going to plus that, and then I'll tell you my story real quick. Uh, I'm going to plus that. When I do that, and the shock and awe package is, I can't even tell you. How how much business my clients have have gotten from doing really cool shock and awe packages, um, but when I send when I send my book out to people, I send them the signed copy to them that's personalized to them, and then I add two more copies that are just signed, and I tell them if you have a friend or somebody who you think might enjoy this book, here. You can give this to them as a gift from you. And that has made a huge difference too. We sent we and what we often do uh is we send cold shock and awes to people. Okay. Uh they that we don't have contact with or or anything like that. But we often do it just because we we when we read about somebody who we think is really cool, or it's somebody who's famous, uh you know, and 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 they they sound like somebody who might fit the story of of being uncopyable, which is you know our 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 deal, right? Um, we just send books to people. And we just go, God, you know, I read this story about you in this magazine. It sounds so cool. 
uh, and it fits our uncopyable philosophy and everything like that, that, you know, we're sending this to you as our gift. And that's it. That's that's the entire message, right? And then we send them that, that box, right? So um, a couple of years ago, um, out of the blue, I get a call from a guy. And he says, my name is Jim McInvale. I am known as Mattress Mac in Houston. <laughs> and he said, you sent me your book a while back. He said, I read it. I loved it. He said, but and, and I was thinking about contacting you. He said, but then I forgot about it. He said, last night I went to the opening game of the Houston Astros baseball season. When they came running out onto the field in their bright orange uniforms, I thought, Steve Miller. And he hired me on the spot. Oh my gosh, that is and awesome. I and and I ended up consulting with him uh on on his stuff. I had nothing to do with his million dollar bets. But uh <laughs> but we did some other stuff. He's a you know a pretty interesting guy. But anyway, but see that's a perfect example. Right. Of, right. Uh you, you of the power of a book and also that it you know it, it, and and it helps them to remember you. Right. And branding. I mean, because you, you talk about that in, in your book. Um, one of the things that I talk about is uh, brand archetypes. And I'm trying to kind of push that idea out there, especially for those in the professional services world, because a lot of times when people think of brand, like you say, um, you know, they think of a logo or the colors and the colors are important for sure. I mean, that does help you be memorable, but a brand archetype, there are like 12 of them, usually around 12. There's some, some, there's some that I've seen that, that list more. But one of the more popular ones is the trusted advisor, otherwise known as the sage. So, you know, when you use things like that, like colors and your own personality, you know, that becomes your brand, you know, like I said, especially if you're in the professional services world, that makes you memorable. That guy, I thought that was the coolest thing that when that guy saw orange, it triggered you. Yep. It triggered like, like Steve Miller. I need to contact Steve Miller, you know? Yeah. So, and that's the purpose is that we, we teach, yeah. in fact, this is something that we teach in our, you know, about the branding, doing branding is that we say that you, you, you make, you make a promise. All right. You make a promise and, and, but, but you, and you want to help them remember that promise. Okay. Uh, and, and so you create anchors that be become triggers if they ever see something like that again. And so, like color is is one of those. You know, uh, I mean, if you saw, if, if you know, there are a lot of women on the planet that if you if they saw something pink, they would say Mary Kay Cosmetics, right? Okay, because Mary Kay, you know, that's their color, and. Uh, right. um, you know, so red in the red hat society. I don't know if you know about that, but when women uh yes, become yes. 50 years old, I think or more, they started wearing these red hats and red and purple, and it was taken from some some poem. But it's like when you saw, well, at least for a lot of women, they kn knew of this group. When you saw a bunch of women walking around and they all had red hats, it was like, ah, the red hat society, you know, and you knew what they were about. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So th these are the types of things that you can use a book to help you uh, um, establish credibility, help you establish authority uh, and um, 
uh, you know, and get them to remember you. Exactly. Right? So that, you know, I always say, I always say that, you know, when the lightning bolt comes out of the sky and somebody who fits the profile, a prospect, somebody who fits the profile of your target market, if the, all of a sudden that lightning bolt strikes and they go, oh, I need help with this. Right. Right. You know, do they think of you first? Do they think of you second? Do they think of you at all? And the objective, our uncopyable mindset objective is by using stuff like this, and this is one of the most important parts, one of the most important parts of, of, of uh, establishing your, your, your brand in people's minds, is that you are the only one they think about. Right, right, right. Now, okay, we, we, we can talk and talk and talk and talk about this, um, but, but we don't have that much time. Here's what I want to ask you. All right, you said there are 12 archetypes. Um, and you mentioned the sage. Um, how does somebody find out about the other 11? Uh, well, you can just go online and just, you know, do a Google search for brand archetypes. You could do that. I unfortunately, I don't have a book. I didn't write a book about brand, although I am in the midst of writing my second book. And I'm co-writing it with a client of mine who is a financial advisor. And he is kind of, I'm, I'm going to have to try to convince him about the inclusion, how important it is to include the brand archetypes. But at any rate, you can just go online and there's lots of different articles that you could find. Or you can just contact me. I have a PDF that I usually will send to people um, that, you know, if they don't know anything about brand archetypes, I'll say, here. Here you go. All right. So that, okay. Now let, let's, because, you know, you said here that you got a, uh, um, uh, now you, because first of all, we're talking about book writing. Yes. Okay. So you have a resource for people on writing their book. And, uh, and you gave me a link and it's bit.ly uh, uh, slash begin your book. But I'm going to put, I will have that on the screen um, for people. So they, and it will, and for those in, that are listening to it on the podcast, it will be in the show notes. Uh, where they could they can reach out to get that that uh, uh, resource, and then you've got another uh, uh, the book at home study program. Yes, yes, I just released that about a month and a half ago, um, and it took me a, a while to get it together because I had other project work I was working on. But what this is, it is a home study program. It is based on my eight week training program that I've worked with other people on how to get started on writing the book. Mm -hmm. And that is like determining what kind of a book you want to write, how to write the book chapters. I work with people on, you know, helping them just basically craft that and giving them ideas on how to, you know, come up with their ideas. Um, and then we also talk about marketing. We talk about self-publishing. So I don't write the book for them. But what I do is I guide them on how to write that book. And so it's now an eight session program called the book at home study program and i have a 100 off coupon code that i created just for you and your listeners and all you need to do is type in Steve. oh oh you created that for me i thought that was just your standard coupon code for that you that <laughs> no, out i oh, created okay. it just for you so, yeah and so uh, so again uh you know it's it's bitly slash uh book kit or book it b-o-o-k-i-t um but I will again. I will have it here. I will have it in the show notes uh, uh, and uh, in in the notes with the video as as well, so that you can uh, contact her. I will also have um, uh, Wildfire's uh, um, LinkedIn yes uh, um, link. 
<laughs> for you. And her website, which is which is really hard to remember, MaryRoseMcGuire.com. Um, you know, you're, you're very fortunate you don't have the name Steve Miller because Steve Miller is kind of. <laughs> I'm com I'm competing with too many people. You're and, competing uh, with a musician. <laughs> you know, and there are other authors named Steve Miller. So uh, um, anyway, but uh, um, and and you know, and of course, we didn't even get into the uh, how to write a book, how to get it pub how to how to self publish it, or anything like that. Which you have information. Uh, yes, I do. Okay, I do. and and so I think anybody anybody who's watching this or listening to this, um, you really should think about the possibility of writing a book. Now, I want to be honest. I want to be honest about this. And and, and let me ask you, Mary Rose. Um, do you like writing a book? Um, well, for me, I do love it because I'm a writer. But I know not everybody's a writer. You know, I knew you were going to say that because I was ready to was ready for my response. You are a very sick person. Okay, <laughs> most of us that write books, and I'm like I say, I'm working on my ninth. I'm an idiot. You know, we we are anybody who loves writing, you know, is a sick person. Um, but I knew that I knew Mary Rose was going to say that. So uh, um, yeah, she loves writing, and uh, uh, but but you know. Not not for every not not for everyone, uh, you know. My standard joke about authors, uh, or you know, and people who think like, oh, someday I'm going to write a book. Everybody wants to have a book, right? Exactly. Nobody wants to write a book. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which is why I did what I did with Book It. I mean, I wanted to make it as easy as possible, as clear yeah. as possible, and as painless as possible. Because yeah. I know. And I have friends. And I have friends. Diana Boer. Uh, I mean, I mean, I th what does she have? She has 4,000 books. I don't know how many she has, but it's like, you know, she, you know, it, it's every week I, I, a new book comes out from Diana. So, uh, um, uh, you know, there are people who do love to, love to do this, but I would, I want everybody to listen to this, that, that this is an amazing tool. Yes. This is an amazing, amazing tool. And, you know, and even when you self-publish, I would be, even if you self-publish a book like this, Okay, now this is a hardback. It doesn't, it, you know. Now it's it's now out in paperback, but um, and and paperback, you know, you can publish a a paperback uh, book, uh, you know, for three bucks three bucks a book. Yeah, you know? if I if I can just interject real quick. Absolutely. This is this is my book. It's called The Maverick Advisor: uh, The New Rules of Marketing for Financial Advisors and Consultants. Get great clients, more respect, and the fees you deserve. Now, it's not super thick either, okay? This is a 30,000-word book, and it's in a 7 by 9 format, printed format. Um, but the thing is, is that uh, when I self-published it, and I did use Amazon's Kindle Direct Publishing, these books published, I pay basically the printing cost $2.64. Yeah, yeah, that's why okay. I said like three bucks a book. Yeah, you know, uh, um, and and depending upon quantity, let you know it, it can go under. But don't be stupid when you first publish a book. Don't go printing five thousand, ten thousand copies. Don't do that. You know, uh, you know. But then, but then it's cheap to just give them away. That's you just right. give them away. Right. All right. I mean, right. I can tell you later on in other you know, other uh, uh, episodes here about how how I made um, um, half a million dollars off our are uh, self-published books uh and uh um but it's a different it's a different approach and it's a different way of doing things and uh um but that does that's not where we are here here today today we're here to convince you go get go, do, be a be a writer write a book uh and 
and to for somebody who can help you uh um uh, mary rose wildfire mcguire uh, uh can do that and you should cut you should contact her to, to to help you with that so what's what's our what's our finishing thought here mary rose oh goodness our finishing thought is the book that you write will change you probably more than it will change anyone else that's the finishing thought because once you write a book you're going to walk with a little swagger you're going to walk with your head up high into yeah. a room the confidence level goes through the roof so if you're confident now just imagine that like times 10 yeah the first time <laughs> yeah the first time somebody asks you to sign the book you're just kind of like oh what <laughs> and if you're like me and most published authors <laughs> You have, you have special pens. Oh my goodness, I love it! I love those. All right, pens. now this is my this is the flare one where I use to make big bigger. But this, this is a, this is a Mont Blanc. Oh, I'm this a is big very fountain. rare, very big, rare. Wow, I love fountain pens, and I do How about collect that? some. How about that orange, that orange Mont Blanc? Yes, go, that's very rare. Anymore. Oh, yeah, but that's what we do as authors, is, and then we carry those around, and people go, "Oh, here!" and they start to hand you pick. You go, "Nope, I got a pen right here." You know, so. <laughs> so, thank you, thank you, uh, um, Mary Rose, for joining me today. Uh, you have been listening to the B two B Marketing and Sales Podcast with Steve Miller and not the visible or even hearable Dave Loomis. Who knows where he is? He's out. I don't know, hanging out with his buddy Dermot Mulroney somewhere. I don't know. And uh, um, and uh, uh, we'll see you again later. And I have to always, I have to finish the same way I always finish, just in Dave's words. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the one and only B2B Marketing and Sales Podcast. The source for B2B Marketing and Sales Insights. If you enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave these old guys a five-star rating. Check the show notes for any links and contact information. You can always contact us by going to B2Bmarketingsalespodcast.com. Thank you, and keep on marketing. Keep on selling.